Welcome back to another episode of Plugged In. I'm your host, Cedric. As always, subscribe, rate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, today, I want to talk about running backs and how valuable running backs are to the NFL, to their teams. Can you pay running backs? Uh, how much do you pay running backs? How long do running backs last? Um, I know we all seen the 49ers go and trade for uh, Christian McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey just delivered a passing touchdown, running touchdown, and receiving touchdown in one game. The last player to do that was Hall of Famer LaDainian Tomlinson. So, hey, I mean, his his impact has, is immediately shown in that, that Niners-Rams game. Um, and I think right now in today's NFL, 2022, we're seeing the game shift a little bit from these past heavy leagues and these points, points, points. Uh, if you look at the statistics this year, points are down, uh, passing touchdowns are down and passing yardage is down. And that's across the NFL. Um, and you wonder why? Well, I think it's because you look at last year, you look at how teams play at Mahomes, you look at how teams play like Allen, they play Dak, they started dropping eight coverage guys and just had three rushers and I've always thought in this past heavy league that you should do it that way because you just have more bodies to cover the field so when these passing concepts are trying to get receivers open there's eight guys out there now playing coverage and you can still disguise things and confuse up you know quarterbacks and yes you're down one rusher but at the end of the day three guys with disguises you'll get pressure eventually unless your line just literally sucks now the flip side to that is if teams were disciplined they would just run the ball into that three-man front if you're dropping eight guys in coverage i'm gonna run the ball and we've seen a lot of teams last year start to play too high against Mahomes. we've seen it against Dak, and we've seen it really affect it, it slows down everything like your reads you have to be that much more efficient it has to be an immediate, you see it, let it rip because the windows close when there's eight guys in coverage. So I think as a result of that this year, we've now seen a lot of teams running the ball. I mean, you look at the, the most successful teams in the league, the Eagles, the Chiefs, uh, the Vikings, the Ravens, the Cowboys and the Bills. They don't run it as much, but I do think you'll see in the playoffs, the Bills will run the ball a lot more, especially considering their home field advantage where it's cold. It just makes sense to run it. But the best teams in the league right now are running the ball. You you can run the ball. You could play good defense. And you ask yourself why. And I think we're caught in a transition mode here going from this past heavy league for the last, I want to say, like eight years to now we're, we're getting back to honestly like the 90s and i think you'll see it too just because okay we we went through the last eight years and now we see all these differences in players linebackers they're smaller they're quicker they're faster they can run they can run they can run uh you have more safeties playing linebacker you have more positional flex and you for d linemen you want quicker guys guys that can disrupt get up field and i think now what, what happens when a good O-line, a good offense decides 
they want to run the ball on your small ass linebackers. Now, it's not pretty. It's not popular. It's not what a bunch of teams were doing the last eight years. But if you look at why the Niners specifically have been so relevant and so good, the Ravens, it's because they run the fucking ball. And it doesn't matter how good you are as a team on offense. One thing that running the ball does do is it allows you to play keep away. If you can run the ball effectively, it's going to wear down the opposing team's defense because no one wants to run fit for fucking 40 plays a game. Like, that's very physical. And if you have linebackers that are 225, 230, 240, they're not going to be able to keep just taking on these big ass old linemen. So it's going to wear them down. It keeps the opposing offense off the field. So when they do get on the field, you have to score points like point because you don't know when you're going to get the ball. You may sit on the sideline for five, eight minutes of the game just because the the opposing team's drive running the ball is just milking the clock. And there's nothing you could do about it. It's, It's like a slow death. So that's why we see the Niners be able to play with anybody once the playoffs come it's it's like the playoffs in basketball everything slows down when it's that half court game and all these players that can just run up and down the court and get these easy points it doesn't work like that because now you got to be effective and in football it's the same everything slows down the, the spaces get tighter uh and it's also if you think about it later in the year this later in the year guys bodies are broken down they're tired and this is the best it's cold it's the best time to run the ball because no one wants to be i mean i don't know if any of you guys play football deep into like november when it's cold but man your body's broken down like you do not want to sit here and keep hitting so it's a very effective way to winning in the game right now uh, the question is how valuable are running backs because we see running backs fall off a cliff you know we we see like look at Le'Veon Bell he got his money fell off a cliff there's a lot of scenarios where running backs kind of just fall off so how valuable are them I think they're really valuable for the things that we just talked about they can travel through air or ground they could catch the ball and they can run the ball and I I think they create mismatches somewhat like a tight end you have a running back on a linebacker or a running back on a safety that's a mismatch or it should be a mismatch. If your running back isn't more athletic than, than the opposing team's linebacker, you need a new running back because that at the very least should be a mismatch. The safety, I think that that could be a mismatch or it could just be a wash. And if it's a wash, that's all you could ask for in the NFL because everyone's talented. But the versatility to be able to scheme up passing concepts passing routes for a running back when you know he's matched up on a linebacker it will literally cause the defense to change their coverage and you're now dictating to what they're doing so if you have a guy like alvin kamara and you put him on a angle route a texas route an arrow route whatever you want to call it um i don't know how many linebackers in the league can guard that because he's pressing outside which you have to respect And he cuts that inside in the minute a linebacker takes a false step. It's over. You know, it's off to the races. And we already know running backs in space. That's all you can ask for. And based off that concept, you can run so many other things. You can run a flat route now because he's going to respect you coming inside. You run the flat route. He's going to expect the flat route. You run a seam route. And now you just have him in limbo. The linebacker just 
doesn't know what to do. And like I said, that is what's going to ultimately now the DC is going to go, all right, we got to give this guy help. And now he's compensating and changing the defense. And now you go pick the other side apart. So running backs are very, very valuable. So considering the value of running backs and how important they can be, the question is, can you pay running backs? Should you pay running backs? Um, I've noticed that after the first contract a running back is awarded, there tends to be a little bit of a drop off um, with majority of running backs. Now, there is an elite tier of running back, the absolute best, the all pros in the game where we see them. We, we don't see them tell off till closer to 29 to 30. Um, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, probably the most recent examples of this. Um, but if you're not an elite, elite athlete, um, I would try to stay away from giving a contract. A great situation the Cowboys are in, and it's all too familiar, is Tony Pollard. So Tony Pollard's having a great year. We've all known how talented Tony Pollard is. And he has this is a contract year for him. Now, the Cowboys four years ago, I believe, gave Ezekiel Elliott a contract. And a lot may say that was a bad contract, that he's not living up to standard. It is a lot of money to expend on a running back. And we could just look at Tony Pollard. And that represents why you, sh- you probably shouldn't pay running backs. So obviously Zeke is a hell of a running back. I think he's still really good, but there has been a slight drop off um, in his game, his acceleration, his home run speed, not necessarily to separate from the defense, but I think the main component Zeke is now uh, lacking is the ability to go now, that acceleration to get through a hole now. You see it go now, and that's literally what Tony Pollard excels at. So this is a great example of one running back starting to break down a little bit because Zeke's had over 800 career touches. It's, you know, it's only natural that his body's going to start to break down. And we see this these last two years with his knee injuries. So it's natural when a running back has that many touches. But that that's my point. You know, we we use these running backs in the league and you, you wear them down when they become the main focus of your offense these guys get worn down they start to get injured and that athleticism starts to escape him now like i said the the elite athletes uh the christian mccaffrey's of the world the adrian peterson's of the world ladalian thomason uh these are the these are the elite athletes the elite talents that can still produce at the age of 29 through 30. so if you have an elite guy like that go ahead and pay them um one thing to consider as well though like i said there's a plethora of running backs there's a lot of good running backs in the league right now who aren't necessarily first or second round picks you look at alvin kamara he's a third round pick just talking about tony pollard he's a fourth round pick aaron jones he's a sixth round pick uh austin eckler i believe was undrafted and these are some of the, the best running backs in the game right now. Now, you do have the Saquon Barkley's, Christian McCaffrey's of the world who are first round picks and they are elite. But it just goes to show that you can find other running backs. There are a lot of there's a lot of value in running backs. 
I think one of the reasons why there's a lot of value in running backs is because that position translates to the NFL, probably the easiest of all positions in the in the NFL in football. Another thing to consider, too, is you don't I at least I wouldn't my philosophy, I wouldn't want just one running back to build my offense around like I do value running the ball but this isn't the 1990s and early 2000s where you want to just give it to a guy 35 times because it's a physical league you know guys break down like we were just saying so another reason not to pay running backs is you really want to create one ideal runner of three different guys or at least of two different guys you don't want just one guy that could just take it 35 times a game. I mean, if he could do that, that's great. If he's a Derrick Henry, that's great. But I would much rather have a physical guy, early downs, uh, have a pass catcher, a guy that you could create mismatches with, and then just a guy that can spell you. You know what I mean? Any guy that can come in and kind of do both. You really only need two. As we could see, like the dynamic with Zeke and Pollard, or we could see Aaron Jones and uh, I forget the, the the other guy's name, but uh, you got slashers, athletic guys, uh, quick guys, and then we have bangers. AJ Dillon, that's the guy I'm thinking of. AJ Dillon. So you definitely want to always draft another running back. You know, you could take one in the fifth, sixth round, and it becomes a really good player. Um, so my ideology of it is to rinse and repeat. If you drafted, say, for instance, a Tony Pollard in the fourth round, he's now, I believe, his fourth year. And now he's due for a contract as an organization, as a front office. You should have drafted his backup or a similar player last year or maybe even the year before, because guess what? Tony Pollard's contract is up after this year and he's he's going to be paid he's going to be paid more than you would like to pay him just because there's other teams out there that want to run him back that bad and he deserves it he definitely deserves it 1000 percent. but as a team you don't if you don't have to you don't want to allocate significant money of your cap to a running back just because like we said they're a dime a dozen they're a lot of times interchangeable it's not to diminish the value of them but we we're seeing right now with kenneth walker who i believe is a second round pick come into the league his rookie year and he's immediately become a top three back in the league like i said the, the position translates well so if you just draft a runner ahead of your starting running backs contract you'll have a guy that you could fall back on so you you don't have to pay you don't have to pay that large sum of money and now you're stressed on your cap because you got to pay your best rusher you got to pay your best lineman you have to pay your quarterback you have to pay receivers these are premier positions corners these are premier positions you have to account for and unless you get a team-friendly deal it's hard to allocate money to runners because they're eventually going to diminish your your value is not going to be what it once was when you first gave the contract so it's very important for you to kind of play chess ahead of the game 
and make sure you're protecting yourself. Honestly, like the Cowboys did with Zeke. Um, now, the Cowboys should have used Pollard more in previous years, and maybe that would have kind of helped delay Zeke's uh, fall off. But they did it the right way. I believe the year, maybe two years after Zeke, they drafted Pollard, and he's been a great, great player for them. So this leads me to my other topic, which is the 49ers. So the 49ers have been really successful. They're one of my favorite teams to watch just because they embody, in my opinion, everything that football is. Now, we like I said, we've seen the changing of a guard in terms of a pass heavy league. And now we're seeing the league go back to running the ball. We're seeing defenses go back to play too high coverage, which is ultimately the offense is going to run the ball because they're playing too high. So the Niners have been pretty successful over the past four or five years. And I'll tell you why, because they're efficient at running the ball and they play defense. And Kyle Shanahan schemes up some of the prettiest, amazing run schemes that you can. I mean, this guy gets so creative He'll have a, a motion guy going one way and have an inside inside zone split with a tight end cutting off the backside. And it's like you're playing so much eye candy for the defenders, so much to look at. And all it takes with a running back like McCaffrey is one step for the line, one false step for the defense to take. And it's off to the races. So the Niners traded for McCaffrey. They recently traded for Christian McCaffrey, and I think it's a trade that's really going to help them. I think it's mainly going to help Debo Samuel just because if you remember last year in the playoffs in that Green Bay game, in the Dallas game, in the in the Rams game, Debo gets really beat up. Like they really, Debo is their offense almost to a fault sometimes. And he gets beat up because they're treating him like a running back in He's built like a running back. Uh, make no mistake about it. He, he has a very solid body, but it's a lot on him to have to play running back and, and run in between the tackles and take those hits consistently. It's something that I was concerned about. I know it's something that the Niners were concerned about when giving him a contract. And hey, look, he, he's had a hamstring the last two weeks here. So I do think in that regard, McCaffrey coming in is amazing because they almost do the same stuff. So it's almost like you have two Debo Samuels now because he's going to be able to relieve a lot of pressure off of Debo because McCaffrey can catch it. McCaffrey can run it inside. He can run it outside. He's a perfect fit for their scheme. And now the Niners have a team that's very hard to defend. You have Kittle, who can run probably the best run run block uh, run blocking tight end in the league. You have Debo Samuel, who is probably the hardest player to tackle in the league, and he's so dynamic. He can run sweeps. He can run inside. He can run screens. He can break down the field. And now you add probably a top two, if not the best running back in the league, and Christian McCaffrey, who catches over eighty balls a year. I mean, man, how do you defend that? Not to mention Brandon Ayuk, also a player that's very hard to tackle. So you essentially have a track team as your football team, as your offense. And as long as their offensive line is playing right, they're going to be very hard to beat because they, they play complementary football. 
the the offense plays well it runs the ball they're efficient and the defense is a tough defense they don't really give up too many points there's nothing really easy given so very hard team to beat now here's the issue i had with with the trade for the niners this is the issue that i had because they are contenders and i know the rams said fuck them picks but now look at the rams the rams are going to be screwed for the next couple of years because they don't have any picks and yes you swung for the fences and yes you won your super bowl but it's the same thing as the lakers you got to ask yourself is it worth it because now you're left with aging players and not too much depth if at all and you know it's gonna get real ugly for the rams here so the christian mccaffrey trade the niners traded a second a third and a fourth in this year's upcoming draft and a fourth in 2024's draft all for mccaffrey now i know this is you know, to the naked eye, this may not seem like a lot, but you have to consider a few years back. Once we go back now in 2021, the Niners traded for Trey Lance. Now, they didn't trade for Trey Lance. They, they traded to move up to select Trey Lance. They traded their 2021 first pick, their 2022 first round pick and their 2023 first round pick. So now you don't have another first round pick until 2024. You also don't have your second, third or fourth in 2023. And you don't have your fourth in 2024. So they expended a ton of draft capital for Trey Lance, for Christian McCaffrey. Oh, by the way, by the way, that same year, 2021, the Niners love fucking running backs. They traded two fourth round picks to the Rams to draft Trey Sermon, a running back out of Oklahoma. He didn't really play last year in 2021, and they cut him to begin this year. So, I mean, I, I just don't know. And you see Shanahan now go and trade for McCaffrey. You've expended numerous picks now numerous picks for this running back and for a quarterback that broke his leg and on top of that my issue with it is Kyle Shanahan is supposed to be running back Jesus running game Jesus um we've seen Kyle Shanahan get a ton out of Raheem Moster a six-round pick and he out of anyone with his coaching should be able to scheme up his running backs to get open. I mean, that's, this is what he's known for. His dad is known for Terrell Davis. He's known for plugging in running backs in this wide zone run scheme and pretty much having these nobodies, you know, benefit from it. Uh, look at Arian Foster was also, I believe, a sixth round pick benefited from the same zone run scheme with Gary Kubiak on the Houston Texans. So when you consider Kyle Shanahan and everything that he just decided to give up for McCaffrey. By the way, McCaffrey's contract ain't no cheap contract that you're paying now. You just paid Debo. 
You're going to have to pay Fred Warner. You're going to have to pay, uh, pay Nick Bosa. You're going to have to pay other people. They're Star Corner Mosley. They just paid Traverius Ward. Jimmy Garoppolo is on the last year of his deal, I believe. You have to pay Trey Lance still. This stuff is going to add up. And not having these picks, these picks help build your team. When you miss in free agency or when your assigned players, your vets get banged up or, you know, they're out for the year, something happens. These picks matter, especially for the teams like the Niners that draft well. It's the identity of their team, their linebackers, Fred Warner and uh, Al Shahid. I can't pronounce that guy's name, but both drafted majority of the uh, Hufanga majority of the players on their team have been drafted. And we know how much they value the defensive line. So I'll tell you what, man, the Niners better win this year and they better win. Or if they don't win this year, they need to win in the years to come, because I don't even know who their their quarterback is going to be next year. if Jimmy G leaves because I'm sure Jimmy G feels the type of way how you guys hung him out for the young quarterback. You guys felt like you had to go get a young quarterback and now the quarterback gets hurt. And now it's like you need Jimmy again. So you're at the very least going to have to cut that check for Jimmy because Jimmy been winning. You look at Jimmy's resume, he wins. So you kind of get yourself in a little bind here. And I just wonder how this is going to pan out for the Niners, being that they traded all of these picks. Once again, they traded their second, third and fourth pick in 2023. And last year, they traded their 2021, 2022, and 2023 first-round picks and their third-round pick in 22. So that's a lot for you to have to pay a lot of people. Typically, you could just draft guys to replace them or at least get one to two players to replace three or four guys you can't pay. And now that's not really an option because you've sold all these picks. So we'll see how it turns out. Like I said, the Rams have got themselves in a bind saying, fuck them picks, picks over players, which I do understand. But you can't sell the farm. You got to you got to see the vision. You got to see it in the future because the Rams, I'll tell you what's going to happen, man, because they should have let Aaron Donald walk as well when he wanted to retire. Why do you say that, Cedric? Hmm. Maybe because there are reports that Sean McVay was also going to retire. So we get this whole running back mentality, running back mentality. And now you just opened the brought the Brinks truck back for AD, which he does deserve. But AD's also 30 plus and he already wanted to retire. Uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, man, Stafford looks banged up, looks bad. Their old line is horrible. They can't protect him. And what are they going to do about the old line? There's no free agent O line out there that can play. He'd be on a team if he could play. You don't really have draft capital to reshape, remake your offensive line. Uh, your your older your your best players are not old, but they're also not in their early twenties. Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford. So hey, man, it's, it's gonna get ugly in my opinion for LA because I think when AD decides to walk, that's when uh, McVay walks. He's going to retire and he's going to he's going to leave a mess. It's going to be a mess for whoever has to take on this job. So we'll see how it plans out. Um, 
But just want to leave out on this. Don't forget the game of football is one in the middle of the field. It's one in the trenches. That's why we value the running game. That's why we value running backs. That's why majority of the teams in the NFL right now today with the best records can run the ball. And if you can't stop the run, you'll expose a team. I don't care how much talent a team has. I don't care how talented their quarterback is. The margin for error is so small, so incredibly small when you have a team that can't defend the run and you have a team that's just running all over you, milking clock, beating your your defense into the ground. And now your offense margin of error, you can't go three and out. You go three and out, your defense is immediately back on the field gassed. You don't put up points, you're chasing points. You're chasing points, and now the defense can tee off on you. So I, I love it, honestly. We're seeing the change of guard again from the NFL. It's going from pass heavy. Like I said, points are down, touchdowns are down, passing yardage is down. We're seeing the change of a guard. We're going back to running the ball. And it's a result of teams getting smaller and quicker on defense to cover the pass, getting more athletic. And now we see more teams being able to run the ball because these guys are small. I think we're going to see more physical lines. And I think it's going to somewhat become a game of will again, just because until these offenses find another way to attack defenses that are playing, that are dropping eight, we're going to see teams run the ball because honestly, that is the answer. If you're dropping eight guys in coverage and you have a too high look, I'm running the ball all day. I'm running because there's no one in the box. I can get to the second level immediately. And I think the answer for it is RPOs. But and RPOs have been amazing for the NFL, uh, very, very hard to defend. But when you get in playoffs and you get teams that are equal to you, honestly, RPOs are a fickle concept or a a fickle strategy in my opinion because if you could play man coverage for rpos and if you have a defender a defensive lineman that can sit in a gap a nose tackle that can just straight up stun the center stun the guard and just hold the block the quarterback can sit there and fucking read all he wants the hole is not there and when you play man coverage those windows are a lot tighter and that whole RPO exchange is really dicey. Now, team, there's NFL pros now. I mean, these guys have mastered that. But I'm just telling you, if these defenses, that's the last thing. If these defenses figure out how to defend these RPOs consistently, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. We're going to need some more offensive uh, ideas. We're going to need some more running game. It's going to evolve. The NFL always evolves. It's a copycat league. Once one team started doing RPOs, everyone did. Now that we see the game switch to running, I guarantee you if a running team wins the Super Bowl, a physical team that runs the ball, you are going to see the league start to value runners more again and O-linemen mainly. Um, We're going to see them build up the trenches again. And that's what football is all about. You control the middle of the field. You control the game. Just think about it. Is it easier? This is why Tom always loved slot receivers. Um, Is it easier to throw to a slot or tight end inside the numbers? Or is it harder to throw from the hash 
outside the numbers. Like, I don't think people realize until they get out on a football field how hard it is to get those throws outside and accurate when you have ridiculous athletes breaking on the ball. So that's it for today. Once again, make sure you subscribe to Plugged In wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll catch you guys next week.